For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Okay, step away from the turkey. We're back. XYZ, the podcast um, for oh, well, all about CNC and with myself, Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives and Aaron Goff of Goff Customs. It's been Christmas Aaron, how are you, how are you coping after the uh, the mad Christmas rush that you had? Oh, uh, good. Yeah, I mean the day I'm still feeling a bit sleepy. The day after that mad Christmas rush, so I, I've been off for the last week, which has been fantastic. But like that day after, I went to sleep at midnight and I slept the next day until like three p.m. Wow. <laughs> I guess I've been like running a, a sleep deficit. Yeah, I'm storing it up. Wowzers! How yeah. how was your Christmas anyway? Good. Yeah, a bit all over the place, but yeah, good. Good stuff, good stuff. Well, we've we, we finally arrived back in back in France, um, literally just yesterday. Um, when I say yesterday, it was it was three o'clock this morning. Um, so, uh, yeah. So weirdly, this is the normal time where you're normally just waking up, and I've been awake for hours. But I think the both of us have just stumbled out of bed this morning. So. Yeah, yeah. Prepare for a, a sleepy, sleepy episode. Yes, I think so. I think I think everybody's in that mood. You know that we're in that no man's land at the moment, aren't we? Between Christmas and New Year this this week, you know, some people are working, some people aren't. You're not quite mm-hmm. sure what's open and and all the rest of it. But um, we hope everybody's had a good Christmas. Everybody who listens to the yeah, show, yeah, absolutely. And let's hope for a better, well, a better year than the, the year we've had. Fingers crossed, man. Anyone. Knock on knock on wood. Let's not jinx it. Yeah, well, yeah. we thought 2020 had, had had beaten us a bit, but um, as you know, we went back to the UK for Christmas, and we were staying with my sister. And, yeah, which I um, thought was a bit brave. Shall we say brave? Yeah, well, <laughs> the thing is, we are, like, when I say we're remote and alone here, we yeah. are remote and alone. Um <laughs> Yeah, we we don't we don't really know many people here anyway, and obviously yeah. you know with lockdown and and it's literally been me, my wife, and and the kids um, for months and months. We 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 don't see souls for weeks and weeks, and um, you know Christmas is a big part of of you know certainly always been a big part of you know being a kid growing up and you know having our own mm-hmm. kids missing the family and stuff. We thought, well, we're gonna, we're going to be as safe as we can, so we had um, a test five days before going, and then we had a test the day before going. Um, actually, actually, we had three because we also had the test to see if we've already had it, the antibody test first mm. as well. So, we, so right. we had so we had three tests before leaving, <laughs> um, and you, you've you got to produce them at the border anyway um, right. before you're allowed it before you're allowed into the UK. So we went straight to the UK and straight to my sister's house and basically just stayed there for ten days, um, and it was lovely. It was it was a real break. Um, just nice to have someone else to talk to and yeah. to be fussed and to be fussed over a bit as well. And and the kids, you know, love love, you know, seeing new people and all the rest of it. So so it was lovely. But then coming back to the UK, so I don't know if you've seen the news, but um it's been crazy. So so 
the UK yeah, all the borders got shut, right? They shut all the borders. Um, yeah. We could get back in what they would call an emergency circumstances because we, you know, we live in France and, and that's where we need to be back. Um, but it, we had to do the same thing. So two tests again. And if you had that, any of the tests yourself yet? No, I've heard they're a bit invasive down the down the neck. Oh, through the well, nose. Well, we I've had the two now. So the the first one that I had in France, she pulled out what looked like a needle. And I was like, what the hell? Because I, I knew they'd be swabbing up the nose, but I was just right. like, why is this thing so thin? I learned why it was so thin, because basically they, they scratch like the back of your brain, I'm sure it is. <laughs> it, it, it goes up your nose, so it can't go any further. Then they break through whatever is there, and they keep – it's just the worst. It's it's horrible. It's horrible. horrible. Yeah, so – so coming back then to the UK, I, I knew we had to go for these tests again. And I'm just like, oh, no. Thankfully, the the, the baby's done because they're under, I think it's 11, and mm. under 11. They assume that you're spending so much time with your parents that if your parents have it, you have it and the rest of it. So it's right. really um, but, but but thankfully, they did the, uh, the a different kind of test. So they do your tonsils, so down the throat. Right. Um, but but then they use that same bud to go up your nose as well. Um, mm, swish it around a bit. Exactly. Yes, they're really mixing up those uh, those bacteria there. <laughs> um, but yeah, we managed to we managed to get back back into the country. But they were twenty eight miles of lorries and trucks queuing at the border. Yeah, my dad was saying about that that it's like such a huge backup. Crazy, and they've been there since before Christmas. So these these poor people, they've been literally been spending a week in their truck over Christmas, away from family and friends. There were, there were charities um, delivering hot food to them because obviously they're just stranded. Right. Um, and we haven't even got to the first of December yet, which is Brexit, where people still don't know what the rules are going to be for crossing borders. So the confusion and the panic, it's it, you know, it's for real. It it is real crazy. Um, yeah, that whole Brexit thing, man. It's such a <laughs> yes, yeah. It's a bit of a shit show. Nobody knows what's happening. Um, a, a deal was, they say, a deal. A deal was made with the EU. So the the UK Prime Minister announced the deal literally like two or three days ago. You know, so right. businesses that do a lot of work with with the EU, they've had no time to plan, no time to you know right. change systems or anything at all. Um, and, and it's little things like, uh, you know, we, because we're very remote here, we, we, unfortunately, we have to use Amazon for a lot of stuff. Um, anything that we now order from the UK will automatically have a 20% levy on it, plus mm-hmm. Amazon adding an extra 10% shipping costs, because they don't know what the shipping costs are going to be at the moment. So they're saying, we're going to add right. 10%. Just in case. And, and then we'll refund you if we if we need to in a month's time. Right. That's that's how crazy. So, how businesses are, are coping? Um, I'm being told that anything that I ship to the UK now, um, because I'm at, because I'm within the EU and the UK isn't. Right. Um, I need to add a twenty percent levy on top of that, and it's it's just. Yeah, I mean, I heard that the other day that like if I wanted to send stuff to the UK, I had to like do a bunch of investigation on this yeah. to work out whether I could keep sending to customers in the uk but it's like anything under 250 bucks or something i would have to collect the vat on it yeah i think it's like 300, the sales tax. 360 british pounds i think is the is the threshold which is uh, crazy like no i don't know if any other countries that require that like yeah you have to yeah register as a business entity within the uk and then start withholding sales tax it's nuts it's crazy absolutely yeah. crazy and nobody's had any notice or there's there's the government haven't put out any information because they didn't know they're just 
they're buffoons absolute buffoons yeah but we're back we're back in we're back in france um we sort of drove 18 hours um and through the night um Jesus Christ. yeah it was worth it it was worth it for the break um but yeah we're back we're back to um snowy france actually it's it's snowing here um so yeah it's all quite exciting <laughs> all, all ready for a new year yeah seriously well do you have big plans for the new year what are you what are you thinking for next year um well for the new year itself for the, the sort of festivities um it's it's a big one in france it's it mm. they, funny enough where we are they take it more seriously than christmas right. um so christmas eve and new year's eve are big days as opposed to christmas day and new year's day which is is a bit sort of backwards thinking for a Brit. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a big one, New Year's Eve. So uh, seafood all day, basically for breakfast, for lunch, for dinner. Oh, seafood. <laughs> oh, seafood. No, I'm not down with that. Really? Oh, no. I, love I love it. Um, but there, yeah, roll into the new year. So I thought that's what we could talk about, maybe our plans and our hopes and dreams for yeah. 2021, sort of work wise. The hopes and dreams episode, huh? Mm. The, the dream mode episode. <laughs> um yeah i so i mean I, I was looking back i i do a thing every year where i you know i set out goals i write it down in google docs or whatever and then um i go back and and look at it and just see how it went and yeah this this year is a bit of a bloodbath because uh, it was you know the whole covid thing has just thrown so many wrenches in the works that you know yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, you it's all right. travel, see other makers, and explore the world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I had like a trip to Australia on my list uh, of things. Yeah, that didn't happen. Uh, remain debt free. No, not so much. <laughs> Get my driver's license. Yeah, you that's... don't drive. No. Wow. I know. Wow. I left Australia on the day that I was due to get my full driver's license, and then never got one in Canada because I live in the city and I just don't need one. It's not needed, yeah. Yeah, and then I still don't have it. I'm 35 and I don't have my driver's license. <laughs> L plates yeah. at 40, lovely. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Well, over here it's crazy. It's like 500 bucks a month for just insurance. Mm, yeah. Or that's, more. That's a, you know, that's a big like, whack, yeah. Yeah, so it's just never been worth it. Yeah, um, yeah for next year, like, it's... A lot of things are, you know, the same from this year that that didn't really end up happening, right? So, um, I want to, you know, keep bringing processes in house. I don't want to have to be relying on companies that are maybe not so reliable. Mm. <laughs> um, but I, actually, a big one from this year that I was very happy with was that uh, just my my mental state got a lot better. You know, I took a lot of steps to make the business more livable, which I think yeah. is a really big thing, you know? Um, so yeah. in twenty stress then, is it? Yeah. In 2019, I thought I would scale up, you know, so I got a, uh, I moved from a 500 square foot workshop to a 2,500 square foot workshop. Wow, and yeah. um, I brought on my buddy Mike to work with me and it just ended up being really, really stressful. Not because of Mike. He's a good guy. It's a good guy, but like, just I just that's not what that's not what you say offline. No, oh, yeah, we're, no. we're not recording. You call Mike all sorts of things. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just like I could never let go of that the overheads. I could never forget about them. You know, they yeah. just felt like a big, big axe hanging over my neck or something. You know, so yeah, this year has been really nice in that regard. I've been able to be much more focused on the business rather than worrying about the business. 
makes sense. So, and then yeah, yeah, for the next sense. year, it's I think it's just continuation of that. I want to. Um, so I, I'd be curious, like when you started your business, what what did you have in mind as you know what the business would provide for you? I never really made that conscious decision of right. I'm going to become a knife maker. Mm. Um, it's a weird one. At the time, I was I was living back in Wales. Um, I was running like a like a co-working space. I was doing a lot of sort of web stuff. Right. Um, um, and I in the city centre there in Cardiff, I'd opened this. Um, it was called Founders Hub, and it was a mm. co-working space. People could come. The people were making stuff. There's a hardware being done and lots of, sort of software and web stuff as well. Cool. Um, and for some reason, and 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 it's thanks to you, strangely, I've, I'd found uh, it was Walter <laughs> Sorrells and and yourself. I'd, I'd stumbled across your your videos. And I was like, oh, I'd like, you know, I, I started making more sort of hardware based, you know, fun stuff, you know, Arduino stuff, all that kind of thing. And I, I really right. like making physical things. And yeah, I stumbled across these videos, people making knives. Um, and then I ordered like a knife kit, you know, where you just finish the handle, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Really enjoyed that. And obviously the next progression then is is to make a blade. Um, and I was doing that as well as sort of web stuff for, you know, probably about a year or so. Right. Um, and yeah, there was never that conscious decision. Was, all of a sudden, you know, uh, families and friends would say, "Oh, you know, I could make a knife for you know someone's so birthday," and I'd be like, "Yeah, yeah." And then I found that I was I was doing that more than I was doing anything else. I was enjoying that more than I was doing anything else. Um, right. And there was never this conscious decision where I sat down and said, "Right then, by April, I want to be a, a full time knife maker." Never really happened. Um, but. <laughs> It's a weird. I mean, enjoyment and being happy. I, I place such an importance on. Yeah, no, um, I totally agree. More, more than any sort of financial reward, really. You know, but I, I say that because I'm in a very sort of privileged position, I suppose. Um, that you know, I, I don't have to have these worries. Um, right. and I know, you know the majority of people. You know, that's not the case. So I'm very much aware that you know I'm in this privileged position, but I, I'm doing what I love and. Um, yeah, there, there, there was never that decision where I needed to think, you know, am I going to be a knife maker? It, it, right. I sort of fell into it, which which I think a lot of people do anyway. Um, but yeah, the, yeah. I, so I never really had any preconceptions of what that would be, um, how it would work out, who my customers would be. There was no sort of formal business planning as such. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was a little different because like I knew I wanted to be a knife maker, but I was like, okay, well, you know, what will the, you know, doing that is obviously going to be a lot harder than being a software developer full time, you know, like having your own business, it's just, it, it's a bit of a hard life compared to working for someone else, a steady job, you know? Yeah. So I was, you know, one of the big things that I really wanted out of the business was for it to provide me with like the space and time to do other really interesting things like, mm. you know, building my own CNC and doing open source hardware and, and that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to 2021 because I think it it's finally going to start delivering that. I'm, I'm finally going to start getting a little bit more time to do uh, kind of development work, you know? Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas previously it's been very like, Oh God, you know, swim, swim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah well i suppose you, you sort of set up your systems now haven't you and i know you're very sort of systems based um 
and processes you've set those up now maybe obviously you'll always refine them but i suppose now you've got a bit of time to put into sort of more researchy kind of things yeah fingers crossed you know nice. and i want to start doing my kitchen knife and all that kind of stuff so yeah it's going to be i hope 2021 is going to be a very cool year from that from that perspective yeah. So if, there, so if there's one thing that you need to put on the list that you need to cross off by this time next year, mm. um, what is that? Uh, the, the one big thing, you know, that, that you, there's a big achievable by the end of the year. I think there's two. I think there's one that's like fun. And then there's one that's like, I think is really important and necessary, if that makes sense. So the important yeah. necessary one is I want to get my business carbon negative. Nice. Um so I'm already on the the way to do that. I always already use like 100% renewable power at the shop and and so on. So, but I want to, you know, like honestly, like carbon credits are kind of bullshit. But yeah. they're, you know, given that we like dig stuff out of the ground and drive it around in trucks and use it to make steel, it's it's a little hard to do anything other than carbon credits. So I'm going to do like carbon credits plus like a tree planted for every knife. Um, and try to go fully recyclable with my packaging and all that kind of stuff. So I think nice. that's super important. That's that's the big one. And then, yeah, in terms of like the the fun that I really want to sign off, I think it's going to be doing the open source machinery. At least one open source manufacturing machine will be designed and released and working before the end of the year. When you say released, do you mean released to the public to purchase or released for you know for your own personal use? Uh, for my own personal use, plus the, all the designs released for people to make their own version. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Fingers crossed. Good goals. Good goals to have. What about you, mate? Um, I mean, going with the, the sort of sustainability thing, which which you touched upon, that that was sort of a big thing for me um, the past year. Mm-hmm. Very much aware as as makers, we're you know we're responsible for <laughs> for you know the, the trouble that the world is in, and by making things, you are making things worse. There's there's no doubt about that. But we can do it in sort of res- responsibly as we can. Yeah. So yeah, I put a big effort into that, and and like yourself, all the, the power that I use here is 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 green energy, if you like. Um, packaging, I put a big thing into this year as well. Um, so yeah, I want to push that further as well. Um, and you know, and have a sort of serious think about what effect that I'm having. Um, I've I've recently sort of bought a, a woodland, and I'd I'd love to use the wood there. Um, and it's it's English hornbeam is the is the wood within within, mm-hmm. within the forest, um, which is super 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 hard. Um, so hard that it it never used to have a value because it was so hard that um, people couldn't cut it down. It was just dull tools, and people didn't want didn't people didn't want the word right um so yeah so i'd love to be able to use that um and you know you can't you can't get any better than sort of growing your own handles i think uh yep um but i want to this year i've done a lot of sort of pre-order sales hmm. where i'll make a prototype um i'll test that for a few months if i'm happy with it i'll then make a video about that and we put it up and i sort of pre-sell slots um generally sort of 30 or 50 of that style of knife Right. Um, which is great, and I've been really happy that you know people are putting their their trust in me and they're enjoying my work. Um, but I mean, we talked about this previously that psychologically, you, you I mean, you get paid immediately because people are putting their pre order in. Yeah. But then you've got the the pressure then of okay, well now I need to deliver, and there's no there's no payoff at the end. Yeah, it um, feels almost like you're paying to work. When, exactly. Yeah. 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 
Um, so I, I'm, I'm attempting to sort of move away from that and mm-hmm. make make a batch of knives and maybe make 50 or 100 knives, then put them up for sale so they're available for immediate shipping. Um, shipping has been the biggest headache for me this year, like beyond anything else. Yeah. And it's just taken up a lot of sort of admin time, people chasing up orders and me trying to find out what's happened to them. And it, it's just it's just a headache that I don't need and I don't think it's very good sort of customer service for the for mm-hmm. the customer. It's something I can't really control. Um and yeah. So I think I, I want to try to do that. Um I've got I've got sort of two batches um planned for the year. So the first coming in February and the second coming in April. Um so the first is a it's it's another chef knife um which I'll it's been called raw um and it's I want to make something as fo- affordable as possible but uh, like, a, like a sort of performance kitchen knife so it'll be you know you can use it in professional kitchens every day it'll do a very good job or you could use it at home it's it's you know whatever, in whatever situation right. um using the best quality materials but as affordable as possible so that means for me, um, I spend a lot of time, especially when it's G10 stuff, um, spend a lot of time shaping handles and the mess that that makes. So that that's the whole point of this CNC machine really is being able to get handles cut um, to dimension and to size, which will speed things up massively for me. Right. Um, so, I mean, CNC-wise, the, the blades are being laser cut out. Um, I'll do the the grinding and then and the heat treat here. Um, the handles will be CNC cut out. Um, so yeah, I should be able to make something pretty much affordable, which is well, I say handmade, but you know where's the limit of handmade? But um, yeah, really. hand produced, should we say? Um, so so that's the first sort of batch for this year, and the second one is this folding knife, which I've talked briefly about, which I still haven't sort of drilled down completely, but I've got a rough idea of, of what's been what will happen with that. So that's the sort of planning for the year, really. These two batches. After that, um, which will probably take me to sort of May June, halfway through the year. Um, I don't know yet. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think a lot will change um, business wise for me. Um, with regards to you know Brexit and because a lot of my customers are UK based um, and things are up in the air a bit <laughs> there so yeah I'm, I'm going to be as flexible as as, as I need to be but um, that's the main thing I think um, no more pre-orders um, get batches finished put them up for sale um, sounds like a plan to me yeah less pressure and that should give me a bit of sort of a bit of movement to do the odd sort of special one-off as well. Mm. You know, um, I've just got a bunch of Dharma core here, which is a Dharma steel sort of, sort of sand my, I suppose. Um, my customer is not normally used to paying, you know, huge amounts for a knife, but I mean, the steel itself is worth sort of seven, 800 pounds. So yeah, it's, it's going to be a difficult one for me to sell. Um, I couldn't certainly couldn't do a run of these because my customers used to pay in sort of 300, 400 pounds for a knife, uh, a chef knife. Right. So it, it's going to be interesting to sort of make something with this and put it up as a sort of a one-off special. And I'd like to be, be able to do that a bit more this year as well. Just, just one-offs. Yeah, so for anybody that isn't a knife maker, the, the steel that Craig's talking about is a, a powder metallurgy Damascus steel, like mm. a pattern welded steel. And yeah, it's it's real pricey, made in Sweden. Yeah. But it's, yeah, stainless steel as well. Um, so yeah, I actually have a, a bar of that that I'm going to be making some some knives out of at some point as well. 
Nice. Again, just just one-offs that you know, special limited edition things. Yeah. So I bought it like more than a year ago, you know, and and I asked them for a special pattern. It's very very simple. Mm. Um, but yeah, you know, the steel. What it's I think it's like five hundred bucks US for each knife, just for steel. Yeah. 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 It's a bit crazy. And you know, up until now, the the materials, um, they're generally not the cost of the knife. The materials yeah. are very minimal all all the money is is in the making it's mm. it's it's in the time um but this changes that balance a little bit so that that's going to be quite interesting to, to to do that right um yeah so that's my sort of work life planned out um personally um I'm hoping to build a cabin in the woods, um, mm. <laughs> which I'm really mm-hmm. looking forward to, really looking forward to. And Christmas has just gone. I've had lots of gifts from family and friends and so on. And it's all sort of related to that, you know, a sign for, you know, the Lockwood cabin, all that kind of stuff. So nice. now, I need, now I need to make the cabin. So I'm really, really looking forward to that and just spending more time with the kids in the outdoors, um, making stuff and appreciating a bit more. Yeah, that sounds fun, man. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, 2020 has been a year of, excessive work i think 2021 needs to be a little bit more balanced yeah yeah and you know hopefully less stress for everybody and um there's there's been this huge sort of division and it's uh, for me it's been gone off for like three or four years now mm. um as a brit we've had the whole brexit thing and everybody taking a side and like a firm side you know, it, it, it's not a case, oh, you know, nobody's on the fence. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we've had the whole Trump thing, which, you know, again, I'm not in America, but it, it does affect, it affects everybody. Um, and it's all over the media. And again, everybody's on, on one side or not. Mm-hmm. And then we're starting to see the same now with COVID and there's, you know, COVID deniers and that we're seeing, you know, people with the vax. I, I think that's what's coming in the next few months now, vaccines, you know, and the way that the press are whipping this up, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, everything is so binary and it's just device everything is so divisive so it would be lovely to have a year where people are just accept our differences and just say okay you know yeah. we don't have to agree on everything but we certainly don't have to fight about everything well i love with like the vaccine thing like everybody has to have a fucking opinion you know like, yeah but yeah. but the, the doctors are saying you know i mean i'm not qualified to to raise my objections above that of a doctor yeah, you know, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, but the, of course, reporters and and you know, average vaccine deniers. Yeah, anyway, yeah. let's let's not go there. Yeah, let's not. Let's not. Let let's. Yeah. You'll end up with a shouty Aaron, and no one wants that. <laughs> so we've had a a couple of emails from uh, from listeners. Um, Love it. Yeah, as well as I think some DMs as well. Um, but the first question really is, has my CNC router arrived yet? <laughs> it hasn't. Um, it hasn't. So I arrived home well, here this morning probably about eight hours ago. Um, first thing I did was run to the post box. Nothing in there. So they haven't attempted. So I, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know. But they haven't attempted delivery yet. So it's, it's, I suppose it's due any time now. Um, so no, we're what five weeks into the show, <laughs> it still hasn't arrived. Right. Um, but yeah, that's just that's just what's happened at the moment with shipping here, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you need to get that sorted out. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know how, but yeah, something needs to change. <laughs> we we had, I think it was a DM from um, Qvist Bladeworks. Yes. Um, yeah. We mentioned Home Alone last. We we were talking about the greatest um, Christmas movies of all time, which is um, obviously Die Hard. 
whether it's a Christmas movie, weird, that's still debatable. But <laughs> but um, I mentioned if it's not Die Hard for me, it would probably be Home Alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he said about Home Alone for real, which looks amazing. Yeah, by the Cardo crew, which are like a special effects YouTube company and uh, YouTube channel, and they did uh, like a an R rated Home Alone adaptation, and it looks um yeah I haven't watched it yet, but it looks pretty amazing. Is it, is it like The Shining, like a horror, as opposed to a? Yeah, they've just like gone through scene by scene and changed it so that it's like, you know, when in one scene he spills milk and they've turned it into blood, you know. Oh right, yeah, <laughs> that, yeah, just it looks pretty good. So scene is this the whole movie? When you say scene by scene, it it sounds like it. Like I don't, wow. but I don't know if you can actually. I I have to watch the video. I have to find out whether you can actually watch it. it sounds horrifying. Wow. Such a disease, Kevin. Wow. <laughs> We've also had an email from um now we only had the email address. Um he didn't sign it off, but I think it's Givan Child. I think mm. that if I could decipher the email address, I think that that's the name. I didn't even know um, he had an email address. Well, it came to the makery. Um oh, the okay. makery from the website. Gotcha. And it says, Hey guys, love the show. Um just purchased and received a Sane Smart 30 by 40. Um, which is the machine I'm waiting on. So he says, sorry, Craig. Um, <laughs> but he says, I have zero experience with any CNC machine. Um, I've assembled it, but I've yet to plug it in. Um, wondering if you could offer some advice for a beginner like me. I'm thinking of designing with Fusion 360, but what are the steps after that? And he says, please make it simple. I'm 70. Um, so what, So you've received awesome. it and you haven't plugged it in yet. That's yeah, that's that's a bit of dedication there. I'm the worst. If I get something, yeah. it's ripped off all my teeth and it's plugged straight in. <laughs> well, and it sounds like you know. So, um, Jivan, Jivan. I'm not sure how to pronounce your name. I'm sorry, but uh, it, just so you know, you are at the bottom of a a big learning curve. So, I would say enjoy the process. It's it's definitely going to be a little bit longer than you'd probably think, but you will get there. I promise. Yeah, and yeah. I mean. You've you've got the machine that I've got on order, which is on its way to me. Um, and I think any wherever you buy this, it comes with um, uh, the Carvico Maker um, software, mm. uh, free subscription for that. Um, which I mean, if you haven't used any software before, and by the sounds of it, maybe maybe you haven't. Um, there's lots and lots of videos on YouTube of people um, with this this particular um, CNC machine using Carvico. Um, yeah. I know a lot of people are using Easel with it as well. So if you haven't used any any software at all for CNC and uh, a million or router in, um, Easel is probably probably the easiest place to start. And that's all within the browser. It's completely free. So if you go to, I think it's inventables.com, um, their, their program is called Easel. Um, you can configure that to work with this same Spark machine, this, this 30 by 40. Um, and it's good for sort of 2D stuff. So if you're, you know, cookie cuttering things out, um, whether it's shapes or letters for signs, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. you can't really go wrong. Even if you you haven't even plugged your machine in, you can you can just use the software and you can see how it works. Um, you can do simulations before you actually, you know, turn it on if you're a little bit scared about things. Um, loads of good resources for Easel. Um, I said it, it's most people's sort of first step into sort of CNC routering because um, a lot a lot of machines don't come with any software um, so that they you know they can easily use easel right. so yeah have a look at inventables.com um, there's a really good forum on there as well um, there is an easel pro 
which you can pay for. Um, but I think with with Easel, they, they'll give you 33 hours. Um, so just use Easel. Um, and once you've worked out everything that you need to do on there, you can then try Pro uh, for free as well. Um, but you, you should be able to do if you're doing, you know, 2D stuff, you know, cutting out um, profiles, that kind of thing, um, Easel will will do everything you needed to do. Um, yeah, and I think starting out 2D is a, a good intro step. I, I don't yeah. know that going straight to, like, 3D CAD, 3D CAM is the greatest idea if, if um, you know, if you're right at the beginnings of that, that journey. Because, um, yeah, you're going to have to get used to feeds and speeds and what the machine sounds like when it's cutting well and what it sounds like when it's not cutting well. Um, lots of things to work out before you start getting into the more complicated processes. Yeah, and I'd say if you've got any, t- you, I mean, you're going to be using the machine for me. If you've got any tips, send them to <laughs> me as well because it's going to be a bit of a learning curve for me as well, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, and don't be discouraged when things go wrong. You know, I just say that, like, you're, you're going to break tools, you're going to trash some material. Start out with cheap material like MDF or something and and um, just have fun. You know, I, every time I see a robot moving and cutting stuff, I'm still like, oh, this is amazing. Because <laughs> essentially they're robots. Yeah. That's, I, I forget that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. They, we program, they do stuff for us. Yeah. That's even cool. if it's the wrong thing. So <laughs> yeah. enjoy yeah. enjoy the process. Yeah. Uh, we, we've had another email from, um, again, I'm trying to decipher. So this was CNC underscore guy at Gmail. I Hmm. I probably shouldn't have read out his email address, actually. Um, <laughs> it was something along the lines of, I, I'm not exactly sure, actually. It was along the lines of that. So, so I've deciphered it as CNC guy. Um, and he says, can you explain the difference between additive and reductive machining? Mm-hmm. And he's never really understood it. Um, and again, he says, great show. Yeah, I mean, um, once once you get it, you'll be like, oh, okay, I get it. And uh, mm-hmm. reductive machining, traditional machining, uh, you know, like on a CNC mill or whatever, you, you're starting with a, a block of material and you're cutting away everything that isn't your part. So, you know, it's kind of like if you took a, co- a cookie and you want to make a shape out of it, you start biting bits off it until you get your final shape. Whereas additive manufacturing is making the cookie in the first place. You'll, you know get some dough and you'll squish it into the shape of your cookie and that's it. You're, you're just adding material to make your final shape. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's... So let's say if you think of um, a tree stump, um, <laughs> if you're reductive machining, as, as Aaron just said, you're using tools and you're taking this waste, you're taking away stuff and there's, there's going to be chips flying everywhere and, and this stuff is all just waste. I mean, maybe you want to recycle mm-hmm. it or whatever, but you're, you're taking a big block and you're, and you're carving something out of it. With additive, if you think of maybe 3D printing or injection molding, you start with nothing and you you add in the add in the materials. Yep. So, there's, so there's there's no waste. Um, and I think 3D printing is probably probably the, the best sort of uh, the most common way of you know additive uh, machining. Um, but yeah, the, yeah, you, you can you can quite often use the same software for those kinds of things, um, and you know the same sort of design programs you could use. Yeah, I mean, they're very, very, very different. I mean, the, the most common manufacturing process in the world is injection molding, for sure, mm. um, which is which is additive. Um, and there is always some level of waste, but with injection molding, it's very, very low. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it's 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 really cool. I think it's really interesting that the two different approaches and, and some of the really interesting machines are blending the two. Um, so I think we talked a couple of episodes 
ago about the E3D tool changer, which is a company yes. in the UK making 3D printers. And so they've made a version of their tool changer 3D printer that it adds on materials, you know, it squirts out plastic and makes a shape. And then for each layer, it actually comes back in with an end mill and cuts away um, some of that plastic to make much more dimensionally accurate parts. So it's doing both additive and reductive manufacturing in one place, which is a very, very cool process. Yeah, with with very little waste because the yeah. there's a certain you know tolerance to the additive uh, machine in any way. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So it just has to trim you know tenth mm -hmm. of a millimeter away or you know a couple of thou just to like get the plastic in exactly the right place. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, you know, since we're talking about three D printing, have you seen Midnight Sky yet? On no, Netflix? I haven't. <sighs> yeah, uh, I think it may you may piss your pants. I think you may love it. <laughs> uh, I love sci-fi, so it's it's totally up my alley. There's sci-fi, there's space, there's 3D printing, it's um and, and there's George Clooney with a beard. What more could you ask for? George it's Clooney. With a beard. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a brilliant film. Really, really good. And um, there's there's so much happening sort of in the background. So just sort of very sort of nonchalantly um I think it's Felicity Jones who's the main sort of female lead in it. Mm -hmm. She walks into the kitchen of this 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 spaceship essentially, um, and grabs a cookie. Um, but the cookie is from if you look cl um, closely, you'll see it's from a three D printed bed. Mm. So they've just three D printed their food and stuff, and something breaks and well, they're up in space, and it's like, oh, we just three D print the part, and we'll just we'll just fix it. It's um, it's really cool film, and it's one of those films where you're thinking. You know, I mean, I've never. You're gonna hate me for this. I've never been into Star Wars. Um, eh, I'm not really either. Yeah, oh, good, good. Uh, things that aren't really based in reality, I, I haven't really got that sort of mindset. Mm. Um, but this is one of those films where, you know, it's a possible future. You know, and I think they they they're talking about 2051 in the film. I think that's that's the year that, that they, they sort of go into. Right. Um, and, and you can, you know, the the stuff that they're doing and it, it all seems within the realms of possibility it's brilliant it's absolutely brilliant yeah midnight sky on netflix so if you're still in that slumber of christmas wanted to just sit in front of the fire and watch films eat chocolates and not mm -hmm. too much this is this is a good uh a good two hours of entertainment well and sorry you know you just said about star wars there's the constant star wars versus star trek thing and i i very mm. much fall on the star trek side which is a surprise to even me i didn't think i was <laughs> going to be into star trek when i was younger yeah. but discovering it as an adult it's like uh the next generation with you know picard is so good it's crazy how many things they kind of foretold yeah, you know, in terms of technology, like they're carrying around little like iPad things, you know, but like that that shit didn't exist back then, you know. Yeah. Just yeah. yeah, and it's super chill. It's like the chillest TV show I've ever seen. Yeah, I, I've never yeah, Star Trek, um, Star Wars, never really got into it. I I think I got an older brother who's sort of two years older, and he mm -hmm. was really into it. And I think I'd maybe just had enough at a young age, and I was just like, well, that's not real. That's that, you know. And yeah, man, go back and watch um star trek tng the next generation it's like i said it's so chill it's a really interesting that you know they live in a utopian society and they're kind of traveling through the stars you know exploring mm. so there's this really interesting clash between the utopia and the 
the other societies and yeah it's 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 good shit man just watch it yeah I, I find interest in sort of older films when they try to predict the future. Mm. It was the future that they think we'll have. Yeah, the um, retro futurism is awesome. Yeah, I yeah. mean, the hoverboards. You know, yep. we, we have hoverboards, you know, and why would we as well? That, that's the weird yeah. thing. Why would we? And, you know, they, Our hoverboards have wheels. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. But, you know, basing things around um, current needs and current tech and just taking that tech further. Um, because we don't know what tech is going to be, I suppose. We, we base things around things we do know, mm-hmm. um, which I find weird. But but again, in this uh, Midnight Sky, it's it's quite cool to see that there there isn't much sort of tech on show. And I think, um, so, certainly looking around, you know, my house here as well, there's less and less tech on show as time goes on because things just become invisible. Things yeah. just work yep. like magic. We don't necessarily need huge screens and, you know, huge, you know, if you can imagine in the 70s having those those big sort of um, real tape um, mm-hmm. storage and that kind of thing. People maybe thought then, well, we, ha- we all have our own room full of these re- reels for storage. I said, well, we won't because it'll be, you know, stored elsewhere in the cloud or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just find it really interesting when the future is predicted um, and you look back and you think, wow, they got that very wrong. <laughs> yeah. that Well, that brings two things to mind for me. So the, I think it was a sci-fi author and he wrote this this phrase that always kind of sticks in my mind, which is um, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Mm. Yes, exactly. So yeah. like, imagine going back to like med- medieval times with your iPhone, you know, like yeah. they'd be like, burn him he's a witch you know <laughs> yeah 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 um, and, and then the other one was i watched a, a teardown of a, a 3d printer from like the 90s the other day mm. so it's a stratasys 3d printer you know they had they held the patents on um on you know the the hot glue gun style of of 3d printing for the longest time and the guy that's doing the teardown opens the back cabinet where all the electronics are and he's like so these are the electronics i'm like holy shit it's like four square feet of electronics <laughs> it's it's like this massive panel full of electronics to, to control yeah. this this 3d printer and nowadays you just like you know buy some shitty little you know six inch long board off amazon that that'll do the same thing exactly yeah yeah it, just and nuts I, I always think of i mean i've got well they're two now my daughter they've recently turned two so you know time, they're babies still babies they're old enough to have a 3d um, printer correct but well maybe maybe one of those little minis yeah, yeah. but um so like they, they whenever we put them to bed they have um like white noise on mm. uh, particularly we having you know work done in the house it can be quite noisy so we, we put white noise noise on and and the best way we found to do that is just to have a, an alexa up in their room oh. um and they've triggered on now that when we walk into the room we say alexa play white noise mm. and it comes on so they now walk into their bedroom and they just start shouting at alexa right. <laughs> And to them, you know, Alexa isn't a computer. Alexa is is a is like a being that we talk to, and you know, will will serve us anything that we need. It's, it's crazy that it, for me to think, even as a teenager, yeah, that, you know, you'd have something in your house that could, you know that that's just a very simple example of just playing some white noise. But you know, we've got lights hooked up to and all the rest of it. But that I think is that just shit's creepy, man. I don't, I don't have, horrible. I don't allow anything like that in my house. Nothing really. Yeah, nothing that always listens. It... My thought of that is, 
I'm doing nothing wrong. I'm not, you know, I'm not breaking any laws. I'm not planning a, a bank heist. Um, and also, I'm, I'm being fed adverts everywhere I go. Right. So why not be, make them be relevant? And, you know, we, we see it happening. My wife and I, we'll be, you know, chatting about something. And then, I'll, you know, I'll go on YouTube an hour later. And I'm, I'm fed this video. Of, oh, my God. They were listening. Oh, that's um, fucking creepy, man. It is creepy, but uh, they make my life so much easier. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm very much in the camp of like I want my technology to be semi smart. Yeah, I, I don't want it to be listening to me. I don't want it to be watching me. I want it to be at my command. You know, yeah, have you got your iPhone in your pocket at the moment? I don't. Yeah, I don't have an iPhone. I have an Android. Really? Phone. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and I go through and disable all the like listening stuff. Whenever I get a new phone, I go through and disable everything that would make it listen to me. I never talk to it. Wow. Wow. I, I wish there were a... I mean, pe- people people say maybe Apple, when it comes to security, they are... they You know, everything's held on device and, and all that. Yeah, they're one of the better ones, for sure. I don't but, fully yeah. believe everything there. But um, I wish there was maybe a service that you could... You could I mean... Let let's say an Amazon Alexa like these these Echo Dots. They're like they're cheap. They're virtually giving them away because yeah, because you're giving them data. That, that yeah, that's the, the, the the Alexa is the little le- listening thing is not the service. You are the service, Craig. Exactly, you were yeah. the product. Yeah. yeah, and I think I wish there was an alternative that maybe you could pay for, which which wouldn't be doing all the nasty stuff. But but they'd never be able to compete. They'd never be as good. Right. That that's that's the problem. And there's there's, there's this rub. And I think I don't know. I'm doing nothing wrong. Um, yeah. You know, and, and who wants to listen? Nobody wants to listen to me. Jesus Christ. I'm, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, even without that stuff, I'm pretty sure I'm on some sort of watch list already. Like I was <laughs> I was watching a video the other day on how to make rocket engines, and then I <laughs> and then the list, yeah. <laughs> I started googling like the ingredients: ammonium nitrate. Oh, that's a controlled substance in Canada. Okay. Uh, potassium nitrate oh that's a controlled substance in canada okay uh you know i've yeah i've googled enough things i'm definitely on someone's radar (laughs) but yeah if there was a service that i could subscribe to which would give me the convenience and everything else that we have with with tech without all the without all the nasty invasive stuff i'd I'd be all over it but there isn't yeah it's not in anyone interests anyone's interest to give you that that's true. Yeah. yeah. One of my uh, friends is actually setting up, I think it's called like homeassistant.io. And it's like a local server that does, that acts as a server for all your home automation and, and voice stuff. Oh, right. Yeah. So that, you should look into that. That might be an option. I haven't tried it yet. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I like that you sort of plug and play of everything. Plug it in. You know what, you, Craig? You've got- I, I don't think I need light bulbs that are any smarter. You know, I want to turn a fucking, I want to flick a fucking switch and I want them to turn on. <laughs> I, I, I read um, a tweet from someone that was saying, I'm here sitting in the dark because the firmware on my light bulbs is updating. <laughs> and that's the stupidest shit I've ever heard in my life. Yes. Like, uh, yeah, I don't need my light bulbs to change color or give me seizures by strobing. You know, I, I just want them to turn on or off. Yeah. Maybe well, dim, we've... actually. Dimming is is better. We've got nothing sort of essential here run by those. Everything is, is you know, purely entertainment. Sure, stuff that we sure. Have. You, you, you won't realize until the internet cuts out and then you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. you know what? When you say on the internet, I, I get like chills when you say that. Yeah, exactly. It's just, oh, geez. Oh, geez. 
We're talking about 3D printing. So the other day I was looking up, um, you know, was anyone 3D printing gingerbread for Christmas? And it turns out the answer is yes. And it's um, creepy. Wow. Yeah. Actually put the ingredients in and then. No, he's like making the dough and then putting the dough in this big like syringe. And then the the, the 3D printer was squishing the syringe to squirt out there. <laughs> but it, he was printing like um like a gothic church or something. And it, mm. it just looks really, I don't know, it looks like an animal made it or something. Like termites <laughs> made this gingerbread house. It's, yeah, yeah. it's weird. I'm not sure I'd want to eat it. No, no. And I mean, we're talking about, we talked about the film then, um, um, which was uh, Midnight Sky. Um, we, we, for those listening, we, we've you got notes Netflix? here. Craig, you're really plugging this. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> May have shares in it. But, um, well, you know, for those listening, we we do try to keep to some sort of schedule here on the show. We don't we don't just ramble on. We do have a, a list of things we want, we do want to talk about. I know, um, but one is dark skies, um, and let's talk about the future of automation and humanity. Oh, so we, that's a whole episode, I think, Craig. Do you think? Yeah, maybe we can save that for next time. Then, okay. yeah, that's okay. yeah. I mean, because you know, as as you saw with the Alexa stuff, like. These things have everything has two sides, you know. The convenience people will give up a lot for convenience. It's a little scary how much people will give up for convenience, you know. Yeah, and it, and it's just, it's I know it's a downward slope. You sort of give up one little freedom, and then that giving up the next one is a little bit easier. And before you know it, you've got well, yeah, you've got a machine listening to your children sleeping in bed. I know. Right. I, the thing is I, though, it doesn't have to be a downward slope. That's the thing that I find so interesting, you know, like. Um, and I think that talking about Star Trek, you know, that's a very interesting illustration of it. If you go back and you watch the old Star Trek shows, mm. you know, it's very, very utopian. You know, it's it's very like technology is going to make our life better. And then you watch the new Star Trek movies and it's all people dying and shit blowing up. And, you know, <laughs> like the technology isn't really one way or another. It's just... You know, Amazon owns your Alexa, and like you, you don't even like Amazon, you know. But it's convenient, so you have one of their boxes in your house, you know. I and yeah. whatever their motivation is, well, it's money, and I don't think that's a terribly good motivation for um, having more and more control, you know. Yeah, yeah. What can you do? What can you do? Try, <laughs> I'm if, terrible. If someone I, tries I, to put I, you in a pod and turn you into a battery, um, <laughs> say no. Yeah. A friend of mine, so back in back in the olden days, uh, where I used to run sort of web conferences and stuff as well. Um, so a friend of mine, Aral Aral Balkan, um, he did a he, he's massively into sort of um, you know freedom in tech mm -hmm. and open source stuff. Um, you know, hate trackers, all that kind of thing. You know, that's his thing. Um, ethical design is what he calls it right. um but, you know he's spoken around the world of various he's done like a, a ted ted talk as well about it as well um but he um he so his company's called indie um and he did a like a kickstarter i think it was indiegogo at the time mm -hmm. um and he was going to make a, a phone that and it was going to be called the indie phone um and it was it's going to do everything an iphone did but it wouldn't track you and it was everything was going to be held on device and all that kind of thing right you raise like a ton and ton, ton of money. Um, but, you know, two years down the line, a lot of hard work into it realized it's just impossible to make something which is affordable to compete 
Um, because as we've yeah. as we've said, the the product is the is is the, is the harvest of information. That's where that's where you know the, these places are making money. And if you're not going to be doing that, and you're literally putting the money into the hardware, it's it's virtually impossible to compete. So they sort of flipped, and now they make um, software which you know will stop people tracking you, that kind of thing. Right. Um, and you know, putting more emphasis into sort of educating people, that kind of thing. Yeah, and I mean, out of all the companies, I think Apple's by far the best at like not selling your information. Like they don't, mm. they don't have an advertising service, you know. Whereas like Amazon has advertising, Google has advertising. Like, you know, yeah. My my friggin' TV. I had to buy a smart TV because they don't have non-smart TVs now. So I had to buy one that doesn't have the microphone built into it. It's like you know, separate. You can get rid of it. Yeah, but it it shows me ads. You know, like they have a motivation to sell you a TV cheap so they can show you ads. You know, like yeah. shit's horrible. I don't. You I, are the product. Yeah, I don't want it. <laughs> Let's go back to the fifties and have these grand grand designs of what a tech could mean for us. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's the thing I find. You know, as I said about the TV shows and like uh, the golden age of sci-fi. You know, that it used to be. You know. Like after World War Two was like, oh, nuclear energy is going to make the world better. Everything's nuclear, you know. Hmm. And then it with the Cold War, it it twisted. It was like, oh, nuclear. Everyone's going to die, you know. We're all going to die in a nuclear fireball. Yeah. So I think it's really interesting the way that like the prevailing attitude of society kind of bends our um, perception of technology. Yeah. Right. Everything now is like porn and weapons. You know, it's like every new technology, oh, it's being used for porn or weaponry, you know, like I really wish it was like not that. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy times. Yeah. But no, let's get into this a bit more next week. So yeah, next week episode we'll talk about as as we said, dark skies and the future of automation, humanity, and what it means for what it means for us as you know as people just going about our daily lives how it can help us how it hinders us um and all that kind of stuff so contact us on um instagram and we are let me think what we are on instagram jeez xyz cnc yes xyz dot cnc yep. on instagram there's a dot there <laughs> um, and, and give us your thoughts on where you think things are going um, what machines you think could be helpful um, what things scare the living Jesus out of you yeah and, absolutely uh, well, I think it's going to be a surprise for a lot of people to find out that I'm a little bit of a Luddite <laughs> I was very surprised. I'm imagining you there in your tin hat now, um, with your <laughs> with your with your Nokia fifty two one hundred in your pocket. Oh, the problem is that I've seen inside the beast of the you know the belly of the beast, right? Like because yeah. I was a software engineer and I worked uh, well, software engineer, software developer. Um, every company I've ever worked for sold advertising or yeah. helped other people sell advertising. That's that's what they did, you know. Without pushing Netflix any further, <laughs> uh-huh. have you seen the social dilemma? Um, no. which was a document that was doing the rounds probably about a month or so ago. Um, and it's basically all about this, uh, right. about how these social networks, how they're you know, harvesting information and not just to sell you ads, um, but also for political gains as well and gaining money that way and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have, they're have interviewing, um, you know, ex-CEOs of Instagram and, you know, engineers at Google and all that kind of thing who no longer work for them. Right. And it's quite telling that all of them, they say we don't use these platforms. We don't allow our kids to use these platforms. That's quite telling. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Wow, this episode went dark. 
Um, yeah, it, did, it really did. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, so the one thing I would say is like a lot of people are like, well, I don't sign in, you know, I have uh, incognito windows, whatever, you know, like they can't track me, the, but they still can. So there's this thing called browser fingerprinting, which basically like, you know, it looks at what computer you're on. It looks at what your IP address is, like where you're located, what operating system you're using, what version of your browser. Um, and also then the people around you, what they're looking at as well. Yeah. And by adding all these factors together, they can really reliably identify a single person, even though you may not be like logged in at all, even though you yeah. might be like, you know, um, using an incognito window in your browser. Like it's really, honestly, like I've, I've seen some people where they're like, you know, you talk to them, they're like relatively tech illiterate and they're like, Oh, I do this. So I'm not be tracked. I'm do that. And then I'll tell them, Oh, so this is what's actually happening. And then, you know, cut to them a day later and they're putting their computer in a dumpster. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, it, it is, it is kind of fucked honestly yeah 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 that's interesting i think we've both got quite different opinions on that um whereas uh you know you said you, what you go through to to make sure that they're not harvesting this information and my attitude is well mm. what 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 are they really doing with it but yeah and but, i'm not I'm, super militant but i do like i i just i don't want i don't want microphones always listening in my house you know like i'm yeah. not i'm not saying any bad shit really only about you, yeah. Greg. But um, <laughs> me and Mike. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like, I just, I just don't. Yeah, I just don't want it. Yeah, I suppose what is really happening that I'm probably not aware of is they're probably shaping my opinion in some way. Yeah. Because they're particularly, you know, YouTube and that kind of thing. They're feeding me stuff um, which they think I will enjoy that I'm into, um, and that takes me down this track of you know thinking a certain way. And that's really, obviously, that's very, very powerful. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it's political gain or whatever gain that may be. Yeah. yeah. And I think one scary thing is, you know, when I was growing up, the internet started becoming a thing. And I was like, oh, wow, the, you know, everyone's going to be able to have access to information. But one of the things that I never really thought about is that everybody's going to have access to make information. Yes. You know, so the whole Brexit thing, you know, like one of the big memes that was going around about that was that. You know, the UK pays for so much of the EU's healthcare. You know, mm. and if, if we leave via Brexit, our healthcare will healthcare costs will drop by you know ninety yep. percent or whatever. But it wasn't true. Yep, completely. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, someone fabricated that deliberately and and used the internet to spread it. You know, and the, you know what? Without getting too political, the prime minister did. They had yeah. written on. A they wrote it on a bus. Yeah, yeah. Three hundred and fifty million pounds will be going to the NHS, and it was just like, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's um I don't know like that that shit shouldn't be allowed. You shouldn't be allowed yeah. to just make things up, you know. So yeah, I don't I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna leave it on a really there dark we note this week. Right yeah. in the weeds there. Yeah. We promise next week to talk more about CNC stuff, and I'm hoping my machine will be here <laughs> so we can. Um, yeah, let's end on a good note, Craig. We don't want to leave people with this this terrible vision of the future. <laughs> um, one thing I'm super excited about for for 2021 is that the the parent company, the original company that invented um, you know the hot glue gun style of 3D printing, where you lay down molten plastic Heat they're and called yeah so they're called stratasys and um they've held a lot of patents around that process and the reason that um 
you know, home 3D printing, desktop 3D printing became a thing was because their patent on that part of the process actually expired. And they have another patent that's expiring uh, this year. I think it expired in 2020. But the the repercussions of that are starting to, to spread out, which is exciting. Mm. So they have a patent on a heated build volume. So when you're printing like really high performance materials like um, Altum or Peak, which are materials that you can like send into space and like freeze at cryogenic temperatures and then heat to a, you know, hundred degrees Celsius and they're still exactly the same. Mm. Um, those materials need to be kept hot while they're printing the whole time. So they had a patent on the idea of having your, your 3d printer basically in an oven. Ah, so not just a heated bed, but the, the whole, actually the whole volume, as you say, all of that yeah. at the constant heat. Yeah. And that actually makes printing things like ABS much easier too, because ABS wants to, it changes shape a lot as it cools. Mm. So if you heat the entire chamber, then the ABS uh, doesn't um, distort as during the print. And then when you cool it down at the end, it all distorts equally, you know, so that your part doesn't go into some crazy potato ship shape. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the first printers with that extra technology are starting to come out, which wow. is really exciting. So we're going to see some, um, pretty crazy stuff happening with like really really high performance materials wow. um, in 3d printing over the next year or so that's cool so so for those who don't know who and, and not everybody has a 3d printer but um generally where you know the most home printers they're print in um like pla or abs which are quite simple sort of plastics um which yeah. can be quite brittle they don't have much sort of structural um strength to them so they're not really being used um you know, for structural stuff, they're, they're, they're used for, for, for toys, for little plastic gizmos, not really, you know, yeah. for, for heavy duty stuff. So being able to print with, you know, much stronger materials could, could, yeah, could change a lot of things. Yeah. And there, you know, there are people already doing that to some extent, like a carbon fiber reinforced nylon, that kind of stuff, but doing that stuff in a heated environment, um, again, changes the properties of it because then each layer sticks together much better if it's all kept hot, you know? So, yeah, it's going to be... I mean, I, I got a quote or I tried to get a quote on a, a printer from Zortrax that had a heated enclosure and they basically were like... They refused to tell me the price. They were like, oh, you don't, you don't really need one of these printers after asking me, like, what are you going to be doing with it? They're like, you don't need one of these. Have a look at this cheap one. <laughs> so, like, God knows what the prices are going to be like initially. But, yeah, there's some exciting, exciting printers coming. Well, that's a nice way to finish this. After all that doom and gloom, uh, the future is bright. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Thank you all very much for listening. Um, we shall speak to you again next week at our usual time of on a Tuesday. <laughs> um, but make sure you subscribe whichever app you're using to listen to your uh to your podcasts um hit subscribe that way you'll get your your episode delivered to you each week simple as that yeah have a great week guys yeah happy new year everybody bye <laughs> if you like this show take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network